Hi, I'm Brenda. And I'm Elaine. We're sisters. Welcome to the Body Wealth Podcast, a space for conversations about the wealth that really matters, your best health. When we were young, discussing mental health was taboo. Most folks didn't seek help, and if they did, they probably hid it. This new generation of young adults seems to recognize the benefits of mental health care, and we'd love to see it. Today, Brenda and I will be talking to Nia Brown, a brilliant young woman who has in the last few years earned a college degree, embarked on a career in digital marketing, and begun building her own photography business. She has been proactive in caring for her mental health, even when access to such care has sometimes been challenging. So thank you so much for doing this. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Oh, good. We're excited to have this conversation with you, but let's just start with, how are you doing today? I'm good. Honestly and truly, I can say that I have feel rested, stress-free right now in this moment. So that's good. I feel good. How are you guys? Great. Great. I'm good. So Nia, how would, what would you like, we're going to give you a few minutes, you know, we know you well, and we're just so in love with you, but we want you to introduce yourself to our guests. So what are a few things you'd like to tell our guests about yourself? Okay. Hello, everyone. My name is Nia Brown. I am very grateful to be here today. I am currently living in New York City as a young professional working in media and entertainment and also freelancing as a photographer on my entrepreneurial side. And I am excited to talk about the mental health journey that I have kind of been on for the last few years. Thank you. We are so excited. And part of the reason we want to talk to you, because Brenda and I are both inspired and intrigued about all that we have seen young people doing with their mental health and how they've really done more than our generation has done about being intentional about taking care of it. So what started you on your personal journey to taking care of your mental health? You know, it's funny. I think I got a lot of encouragement from other people to do it. So it was at the time I was, I want to say a sophomore in college and was dealing with a lot of intrusive thoughts and anxiety. And my roommate at the time, I would be talking to her about these things. And she was like, you know, like I go to therapy once a week here. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't know that that was an option for me. I didn't know that our student healthcare plans came with an option for that. So I think just expressing that in regular conversation and then hearing there are people who are equipped to have these conversations with you and they're readily available to you for a affordable price (laughs) that you've already paid, you know? So you started with getting mental health care while you were in college, right? Yes, yes, exactly. How was that experience? It was, you know, no first experience is going to be perfect, right? And I think that I went into it with low expectations (laughs) (laughs) just because I didn't know what I was getting myself into. But the, the the best thing about discovering it in college is that it was accessible. Realizing now, being out of college, that it's not always accessible. <laughs> um, but yes, so starting off with that experience, I ended up going through like an introductory process where you fill out a form with what you're interested in, why you're seeking service, and then you have an introductory call with one of the counselors on staff. And you go in, you kind of talk to them a little bit about who you are and what 
has caused you to want to seek this care? Not to say that you have had to experience something traumatic, but whatever it is, that's kind of been on your mind. So I go in and I have the conversation and it's nerve wracking. I'm not going to lie. I don't know these people. (laughs) How honest were you able to be with them since you don't know them? Like, I think I was kind of, I was talking about the feelings I was having without talking about the things that had caused them just because I felt like, Oh, well, if I, if I keep things general, Mm -hmm. then you, you don't know me and I don't know you. So I'm not giving you an upper an upper hand on knowing me before I really know who you are. Um, so that first introductory meeting was definitely a little scary, but I think they do a really, really good job, or at least the woman that I was working with did a really good job of asking kind of leading questions to get to the root of things. And even in a short amount of time, like 45 minutes to an hour. And that kind of helped me to feel like, okay, you're not going to let me manipulate you out of. (laughs) We really are professionals. How about that? And we don't don't really understand that. Oh my gosh, exactly, exactly. And it's it's so funny because the whole time I'm like, I need the help, but I don't, again, I'm not going to let on too much for this person to then build an opinion of me that could then affect what, you know, we're going down the spiral at this point. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, that probably has a lot to do with us not having a lot of experience with seeking mental health care from professionals. So. Yes, exactly. It's never something that I don't think, I don't think we've ever had a conversation about it, like growing up, but not to the fault of my parents or my family, just because it's never something that I don't think any of us had experience previously. So without having the experience, then we weren't able to kind of figure out what that looks like. So after going through my introductory call, they place you in what they feel would be the most beneficial. But at the same time, you have to remember that a lot of people are seeking this care. So while the resources are available- university, right? Yeah, this is is like 40,000 plus on campus. Mm. A whole bunch of people are looking for this care, especially now that we know it's available. And part of me is grateful for the fact that, of course, again, glad the resource is available that I was even able to talk to someone. I don't know if the recommendation that I was given was necessarily the most helpful looking back, just because the recommendation that I was given was to attend group therapy sessions, because a lot of the things that I was dealing with was giving her the vibe that at that time, social anxiety was something that was leering over my mind and something that I was trying to people please in and adjust my actions toward Mm -hmm. for other people to feel comfortable. And she felt like, okay, well, while this could be a one-on-one conversation, I expressed also that I wanted to work with a Black female therapist, but there are not that many of those in Kentucky, I guess. So yeah, that, that was something that I was not able to attain in receiving that care. But after receiving the recommendation, I I then even was questioning whether or not I would go to the sessions that she had asked me to sign up for, because not only now, I don't know the counselor I'm talking to, who are all these people in this room? Like, is this how this works? Y'all don't know me either. Obviously, obviously there is, you know, protections in place and forms that were signed to where nobody is sharing anything that's been said outside of the room. And also, it, I thought it was another thing to where they make sure that you're not in a room with anybody that you know. 
So you found it helpful. Yes, I do think that a lot of the the homework that they give you, Mm -hmm. I think, was helpful. Those a lot, some of those skill sets with breathing exercises and the questions that you ask yourself to keep you from going down a spiral of why you're trying to convince yourself that this person hates you or why this action is continuing to come up in your thought mechanisms, I think was helpful. Some of the conversations were, in my mind, very obviously biased to some, and I was the only Black woman... Yeah, so being the only Black woman in the room, let me start by saying the counselors were one counselor and then also a doctorate student. So the two of them were leading the sessions and kind of allowing everybody to offer their two cents or bring your one-on-one issue to a conversational format to where then you can see like from the outside looking in, this is what this sounds like from my perspective which can be very helpful. It can be helpful because if you're convincing yourself all of this happened and I am the villain, then other people are like, well, did you consider that maybe you're not because, you Mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. Um, So it's helpful in that way. However, I think that a lot of those questions sometimes for someone like me in those rooms, my peers, a couple of white women would give their their stories of what had happened to them or what had kind of caused a triggering feeling or a thought in their mind. Mm -hmm. And I would continuously notice that the counselors would then turn the conversation to be less of an intrusive thing of like, what can you change? But how could the other person have done that differently to make you feel good? Personally, I felt like when I would do the same, it would be more of a, but what was your tone when you, you know what I mean? And, and it would turn, it would be very much a, like, I would have to have an intrusive healing process. Whereas while there are things about what you did that need to uh, like be changed, whatever that, that you need to work on, consider that the other person may have been going through this to make them do what they did to you. You know, Mm -hmm. I didn't really get a lot of that, which I mean, for me, I am a person who is more introspective anyway in social situations. Mm -hmm. So I'm already like, dang, what did I do? How could I have fixed this? What could I have said? Mm -hmm. Could I have done this differently? Did you recognize that at the time or did it take you? you, Oh, it definitely took a minute. We had to reflect back on it after. Yes, 100%. And I think that after the entire experience was over and hearing what people's like closing thoughts were of what they learned from everything, so many other people's takeaways was about their perceptions of what other people may think or like how to keep themselves from placing thoughts that are not true about what other people may say or think in their mind to where mine would be more like, I need to change this about the way I interact with people because there is a potential for somebody to take it this way. And I I think after having that realization, I can't get super deep into it because of Of the papers, but there was an interaction (laughs) that we were all asked to weigh in on, on our perspective that one of the same women were giving and 
I was the only one that kind of felt like she was wrong in this situation. Mm-hmm. And because this is a closed room, I told her, I felt like you were wrong in that situation. Right. And I think on the last day, we were going through everything that we had learned and all of final thoughts. And that was something that stayed in her mind from what I said to her. But I felt like the, even the counselors throughout the entire time were kind of doing the same to me, but in a, in a help, trying to be helpful. And I'm like, I was trying to be helpful. Right. And she didn't see it as helpful. She was, I don't, I don't know if she didn't see it as helpful, but it was something that like, we had to talk about the things that stuck in our minds from Mm -hmm. our entire weeks together. I think this, Mm -hmm. I think this was eight weeks. Like it was an eight week program. It was pretty long. Mm -hmm. After that, you then are either assigned to a new group or you can opt for individual counseling. I opted for individual counseling when they didn't have any counselors available. <laughs> but, um, but yes, so after hearing those closing thoughts, to even know that is one of the things that stuck out to you because mm-hmm. it's one of the times where you felt like somebody else told you that you were wrong. And I'm like, people have been telling me. That's what that I heard I the have- whole time, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> And that's um, why, as always, diversity of opinion and people is important in every situation. Right. And, I agree. Well, let me yeah. ask you this question, because it feels to me like, you know, no matter how diverse the group is, if you're the only Black woman, your experience is going to be so different in many ways mm-hmm. than many of those people's experience. So I want you to imagine that mm-hmm. you had been assigned to a group for group therapy that was 50% black woman. Mm-hmm. How do you think that experience might've been different? I think it would have been so much more fulfilling in the way that there would have been a lot more, I see you conversations, I think, mm-hmm. and less trying to figure out what, what my actions were the catalyst of, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, well, and- the shared experiences are sort of like they're like the background so you don't have to try to explain that yeah exactly exactly and I think that for me too I can't because I haven't been in the situations that they have been in right while you're giving background I am a complete outside force that is now giving an opinion on something that I have never been a part of in my entire life right so having the starting point be at the same level to where you could imagine you could actually imagine how being having been there when this situation happened you know mm-hmm. I think would make a huge difference to where I'm not having to explain okay yes I see what you're saying but you have to understand there is this level of comfortability between me and this person because of this yeah you know right um right so yes, I think that that would have been a, a much more fulfilling experience. And I do think that I probably would have had, I think the introspective lessons that I learned in group therapy were very helpful, but I also feel like the same way that a lot of those people had the chance to be quote unquote convinced that every thought in their mind is not true because of this, 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 and this, and how this person sees it. I think that I would have very much benefited from that as well in being included in a group that looked like 50% black women, you know? So you exactly. said after this was over, you had the choice or did you say that to go on one and one to one-on-one interactions to, with the therapist? To opt for okay. individual. And did that happen for you? 
I, I never got assigned, okay. no. So if I wanted to continue receiving care, I would have had to do another group therapy session. And I was okay at that point. I was, I was okay. <laughs> You're okay to not do another group. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm, let me give it a minute. Let it marinate. But Can I just ask, so what tools do you think you left that eight weeks of group therapy with? Mm. I think it made me very much more introspective in a less negative way. Ooh, tell, um, more. tell more about what <laughs> Because I think one of the reasons that I was going to therapy in the first place is because of the thoughts that I would allow myself to believe that are not true. So and negative introspection, like this is correct, all the Correct, correct. I think learning how to use those thoughts and understand the different perspectives of the people on the outside allowed me to balance where my opinion of myself would lie after certain interactions instead of just what I think is true and that's it because I thought it you mm. know what I mean don't believe everything you think <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly so that part of introspection I think was helpful and even though I didn't really get a lot of affirmations from the people around me allowing myself to be able to learn how to walk through that better was positive. I think that from the exercises, like breathing exercises that they would have us do to calm down. Is the breathing a form of meditation or was there a book I, they gave you? or like no, no, it's more so a series of counting and allowing yourself to fully feel every area in your body that you are allowing breath into. If you're in a, spi um, a moment of spiral where you have spent a certain amount of time thinking about something, it would be a ratio that you would take that time, like say I've been ruminating on something for like 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. I need to take 60 seconds right now to breathe into my chest and mm. count down from 60. Now I'm breathing into my back, counting down from 60 allowing myself to remember you are a real person and you don't just live in your head 100%. So that is super yeah. helpful. Someone <laughs> told me to take an ice cube and hold it in your hand. Right. It's true. It's true. It's true. And it's, it's crazy. It truly is a whole other world in there that if you allow yourself to get caught up into it and forget. No, you're living a physical life like right now. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but yes. So I'm good. That helped you to make it out. Which yes. you to do it anyway. But, yes. So then after that, you went on, you you got a great job that you really wanted. You moved yeah. to the big city. And so how did you feel after that move that you might want to continue some kind of specific mental health care and how if you did what did you do to do this? yes no 100 percent, absolutely so it started with me looking at my benefits <laughs> <laughs> I was not in a place where I had just moved obviously saving a lot of money in New York is expensive so I was trying to figure out something that made sense for me to take care of myself but also find it cost effective and I still haven't been able to find, truthfully, care that is fully accessible for enough amount of time that feels like it would be worth. But you do feel like you're in a place in your life now where 
some kind of professional help would be a good thing. I, whatever. Yes, 100%. I think that there are a lot of free resources as well, like blackgirlstherapy.com, things like that, to right. where there are resources available that have helped me to continue working through the process of allowing myself to live in the present and not be so in my head. Mm -hmm. um, if I were able to, though, I... I don't want to say I'm not able because like I am, but like I am choosing to put right. money in well, other places. Priorities, right. Yes, yes. But I think that a consistent routine, like how I was having in school, is helpful beyond measure because especially with an individual counselor, that is my biggest thing. Because at that point, we are building off of something every time that I am meeting with you. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that was another thing about group therapy that felt it, it could feel all over the place at times because everybody is having to put their personal situation at the forefront, right. which is great, you know, like wonderful. I want everybody to be able to have their moment. But are we all growing at the same pace week over week? Right. You're um, popping to different things. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. So that having a consistent process like that to where there's a situation that you know I am dealing with. And not only that, I can get more comfortable with you. Now we know each other. I think that plays a huge role in allowing yourself to work through current issues that you have, but then also to be able to find other ways that you can bring what a counselor is giving you into different areas of your life because it applies most times across the board <laughs> mm -hmm. for sure for have sure. you ever had individual counseling i've had individual counseling but not from the same person it's it's been different people every time mm -hmm. and based off like one-off free resources <laughs> um, i think that is of course the best of all worlds and that every single person would benefit from that mm -hmm. to become their like ultimate best self but as you say we have to choose things to get mm. through life day to day and I know that a lot of people find different ways to do that and maybe not professional health care mental health care but you know just making some changes in your life and have mm. you found ways yes. to do that that can help yes you? yes 100 I have so many mixed feelings about this whole group therapy uh situation because if not for that if not for those I don't want to call them elementary because they're not, but those, the simplistic things that I was taught have allowed me to build onto the different stages of my life. And I think without having that, I would not be as comfortable where I am now in my skin, in my head, where I am, new place, transition, stress, that was stress. Right. But, you know, after you're able to kind of calm yourself down and you have those those educational aspects that I was given. I now have a playbook, a small playbook to be able to work from in multiple different areas of my life. And the breathing thing has been really helpful for me in moments where I need to calm myself down. But mm -hmm. also lately into my routine, I've finally been able to make the time to go to the gym every day and work out and allow that to be a part of not only my physical journey, but my mental health journey as well. So besides working out, is there anything else that you've changed? So two things in my routine, working out and then 
I have a small camera that I'm trying to take with me everywhere now. There was a point when I first moved here that I stopped doing photography and it was only for work or for clients. And the reason that I got into it, outside of the fact that I had a camera and my brother needed graduation photos back in COVID, was that after realizing that I liked that experience, I would go outside and really learn the settings of the camera and freeze moments. And for someone like me who spends so much of their life in their head, photography ended up being therapeutic for me in that no matter what I'm capturing, I have no choice when I have this camera in my hand to focus on freezing a moment and doing so with the correct setting. And it became another way for me to be where my feet are truly. It becomes a way for me to know that if I have it with me, then I'm able to place myself in that moment forever in time with the picture. But also now you're really getting back into the purpose that you picked up this camera for in the first place, which was to freeze moments and be present. And I, I think that the more that I'm saying these things out loud, all of them kind of have the same theme through them, right? We, we get so caught up in everything that's happening around us today with the devices that we have, with what other people are doing, with the, the goal that you have for yourself of where you want to be and what the next steps are to get there, that having that moment to freeze time and live in the gratitude of like where you are right now and the fact that I can even breathe into my body. Like mm. we're alive, we're moving, we're going forward. You're still supposed to be here. You know what I mean? Like it's it's been super therapeutic to think that instead of, yes, ambition is great and I have goals. That's not what I'm saying, people. It's just that <laughs> I am now able to move forward toward them in a season of consistency and presence. And I think those are my two favorite words right now. Because if you're thinking about all the ways that you could make it to where you want to be, then you end up getting so, at least me, let me speak for myself, I end up getting so overwhelmed that I just want to lay in my bed and go to sleep. But if I then line things up and knock them down day by day, remembering that I'm grateful to be here where I'm at and everything that it took for me to get here, if I'm so focused on the thing that I'm doing right now that is going to get me to where I need to be, I'll do that better. Absolutely. I'm so glad you're in your early 20s and you've learned that because I feel like (laughs) I wasted so much time looking backwards and looking forwards, worrying, mm. worrying, worrying. And this is the the present is all you have. <laughs> Bravo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys. Thank you. I, I mean, it's, a, it's not, all the things that I'm saying are not things that I made up in my head. I'm, if I could give credit to everybody who has helped me to have these thoughts, I would, but yes, for sure. It's been a Well, that's why we're here too, as well. We want to, you know. <laughs> talk it out so that everybody who's listening can to learn these lessons or at least figure out how they apply to them personally if they do. Yes, for sure. And I love that. I love that y'all are doing that. This um, is great. Super you. helpful. Is there anything else you think you would like to share with other Black women mm. who might be struggling with their mental health? Oh, that's a loaded question. I think for me, it's that everyone's process of this journey will look so different. And I, I'm, I'm a YouTube video girl. So when I was having like 
the, the initial thoughts of whether or not I wanted to go to therapy, what that would look like having that conversation with my roommate back then. I'm looking up other people's experiences and what they've had, you know, how they've helped dealt with other things. And honestly, some of that stuff probably scared me a little more <laughs> um, just because I'm like, well, I don't know that I want to, I don't know that that's my path. I don't know that that's gonna, I don't know that I want to do that. You know what I mean? So it's so personal and I'm, I'm grateful that we have the platform with you guys to be able to talk about it like this, but your journey with how your whatever the mental health struggle is that you're dealing with is going to be extremely personal and nobody has to be okay with it, but you for sure. Cause at mm-hmm. first I was going to group therapy and asking, you know, afterward, have y'all ever done this? Like my friends talking about group therapy. Have y'all ever, you know, experienced going to counseling or anything like that, or some of the mechanism used to cope and all of that. And, you know, you'll find different opinions, you'll find different answers, mm-hmm. you'll find different thoughts. But I think what makes it so special, especially when you're deep into the process, is the fact that it's you, for me personally, it was me versus me. Very much like, mm-hmm. I know that I am, a lot of the thoughts that I am having are things, seeds that I have planted. So how are we going to weed that out of here? Yes, exactly, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And it's so personal and everybody's not going to understand it. Everybody's not going to be super supportive of whether or not you're you're attending counseling or therapy. But at the end of the day, it truly is you versus you or you with you going on this walk. So Mm. definitely it's extremely personal that would be my my biggest takeaway for sure beautifully beautifully said thank you so much and if you're struggling do something yes some way yeah yes and if that don't work do something else (laughs) (laughs) no yeah it's 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 a journey and like I said would I do group therapy again I don't know but we tried it (laughs) and you learned some things right you You got strategies yes you learn some things along the way and it's it becomes a starting point so proud of you thank you my first takeaway is that we have to recognize the things we're doing or thinking that are not good for our mental health it was so great to see nia recognizing that and then working to figure out what would support her mental health and not everything she tried worked. So my second takeaway is that we may have to try multiple things until we find the solution that really serves us. And that's hard because access to good, affordable mental health care is not easy for most people. Nia was able to find some free low cost options after she got out of college to get the care she needed. And it's work to do that. And we all might have to do that work, at least until some policy changes are made in our country that make it more accessible for everybody. For resources related to today's topic, see the show notes or visit our website, bodywealthsisters.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at bodywealthsisters. Please listen next week when we discuss Keeping Bones Strong with Bridget Rue Collins. Thanks for listening. We hope this episode inspires you to increase your body wealth If you like our show, please subscribe and tell a friend. The Body Wealth Podcast shares personal stories to inspire you. It does not constitute medical advice. For that, we encourage you to work with a trusted healthcare provider. 
We also want to remind you that the views expressed by our guests are their own. This podcast is dedicated to our mother, Jean Fernandes Barbour, who showed us what advocating for yourself really looks like.